Hey, this is Adam here, a founder and host of Day Beautiful, the website and the podcast. It's Thanksgiving week 2020, and it has been a really weird year. And so I just want to say thank you to everyone who has supported Day Beautiful, recommended the website and podcast to friends. Your support means everything to me. As a thank you, I have teamed up with Libro FM, the audiobook website and app, to give away a three-month membership over on my Instagram. So please go over to uh, Instagram.com slash DayBeautiful if you're listening to this on your computer or just go to the Instagram app, follow DayBeautiful. There is a great post over there explaining how you can win a three-month membership to Libro FM. Again, thanks so much for your support. Now let's get into today's very special episode. If you're listening to this podcast, you already know that Day Beautiful is a website and podcast where readers can discover debut authors. Today's guest is not a debut author. I actually had them on the website last year when they released their amazing debut short story collection, Lot. Of course, I'm talking about Brian Washington. His new book, his first novel, Memorial, is just too good for me not to have reached out and asked him a few questions about it. So we chatted about Memorial, what his last year was like, and a bunch of other things. I am so excited to have Brian on the podcast today. You know, hey, Brian, how you doing today? Oh, I mean, I've been all right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I mean, seriously, I mean, I feel like if you have, you know, in this moment, if you have, like, stable housing mm-hmm. and you have food security, you know, that alone, like, you, you're having a very good year and you know, 2020. Yeah. But I think that... In a lot of ways, like the accolade of it and like the, you know, the acclaim of it, like it's really lovely, mm-hmm. you know, when folks see something in your work or that they identify with one part or another, but it's not something that you can plan on, mm-hmm. right? Like, and it's certainly not something that I plan on generally mm-hmm. or specifically, right? Like I didn't write a lot. And I certainly did not write memorial thinking <laughs> that it would be <laughs> like a book that would be hyper relevant or even, you know, peripherally relevant as far as, you know, the conversation of American literary fiction is concerned. So it's a gift in a lot of ways, but also it's a parallel conversation and a parallel process to like the work of it because, you know, you get to see it like, oh, okay, like, this entity said like a nice thing or like this person said like a nice thing. And then you go back to like whatever your current project is and it just like fucking sucks. So (laughs) constantly having, you know, another project or like another thing or another series of concerns simultaneously has been really helpful for like navigating that particular space and negotiating a lot of it. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about like that idea of, getting praise and then you got to work on your other projects um just remind me again what, what was the timeline of both this and lot so lot it's a story collection it's you know very different you know things leak out you know not leak out are put out over a series of time sometimes um wh- when was lot and when was memorial like i guess the timeline for both of those yeah so i think uh so uh, i think memorial took three years mm-hmm. to write from start to finish. Um, Memorial was not written on contract. So I was not on contract when I wrote Memorial um, because Lot was a one book deal. Um, And Lot was published in March, 2019. 
memorial was sold in January 2019. Mm-hmm. So memorial took, you know, I was writing memorial like well before a lot of the things that happened with, I mean, certainly well before a lot of things that happened with Vlad ended up happening, mm-hmm. but also it was finished prior to, you know, that book even publishing. So they intersect the timelines with one another, but they're also fairly removed from one another. Yeah, and like I, I would say, like you say, they're removed. I, I see similar ideas and 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 emotions through both. Um, like, what do you mean? I mean, obviously, if you read both, you could tell they're separate entities. But I mean, how removed are they? in your mind about dealing with the same I kind of vessels of, of stories? Mm, that's a really good question. I think that for Lot specifically, there was a question that I had of like, what happens to your home or like your understanding of home when and as that home changes? Right? And when and as like the context of that home change. And for Memorial, those questions were still pretty pervasive and they were still like on the back of my mind. But they were also, I suppose, a bit more rooted in the idea of family as well. Right? And also the introduction of this idea for me at least of home maybe not being like a geographic place or like a geographic point or like even the history that you or like your family like your genetic family might have in a particular place so much as just like a feeling yeah like I wasn't really thinking about that um, for the duration of writing the stories of compromise lot but that had an outsized influence on Memorial's trajectory, right? And I was thinking about family a lot more, like this idea of a found family and this idea of like what happens when, you know, the family that perhaps you're most taken by or that you feel closest to for one reason or another, like they aren't your blood, right? Um, like how does that change your conception of family or does it can change your conception of family? So the writing process, you know, I think reflected those concerns in that for the latter question like I still don't know the answer to that right and it was the not knowing an answer and not having like an immediate thing to turn to that got me to finish the book in a lot of ways you know because like three years is like a long time so to be privileged enough to be able to extrapolate a series of like structural thematic concerns for three years like that's like a fucking privilege but you also like I feel like need a question that can sustain that amount of time, sustain the amount of changes that you can go through in that amount of time, or just sort of like the world you navigate can go through in that amount of time. So really just like the shifting of questions, so much as like new questions or like or, or rather than like new questions or like new concerns. Mm-hmm. Your pin tweet, um, I was just on your Twitter right before our call, and it, it talks oh, no. about how this book <laughs> this book lived in your notes app and then was 11 drafts. When you started Memorial, 
were you thinking it was becoming anything or were you really just throwing ideas onto your phone and and figuring it out from there mm, the, very much the latter i mean i think that a lot has been made of like oh shit like you wrote this shit on your phone and i that just don't i don't, <laughs> like, I don't maybe i don't know maybe maybe i'm a bit like uh, i don't know but like i just it's just like another place to write, you know, like, you know, you write on the, you write on like your, your fucking laptop or you write on like your fucking three screen setup and then you write on your phone, right? Like Google Docs is right there. Um, and I'm pretty, I would much rather be doing anything than the ritual of writing, right? Like once I'm like actually writing, like once I'm like in it, like, great, like I'm like good, but like the, you know, I gotta sit down and like make, you know, my fucking coffee since I can't go to the coffee shop and, you know, just like put myself in a mud like that. I don't know, like the amping up toward that is like, I would literally rather be doing anything else. So like the phone or, you know, like a tablet that like takes out the middleman, so to speak, and that you just sit down and you just do it. Um, but I, you know, and I maintain this to my editor, like she will tell you, like as soon as, April of this year, late March, I thought like nine people would be interested in this particular story. Um, but it was one that was deeply interesting to me and one that I sort of wanted to get to the best of my ability. So I did not begin it thinking that it would be a project. It was just a story and a series of questions that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if anyone has followed you from Lot, you know, just, I mean, just through social media or following your writing in various places, there's two prevalent interests, I think, pop up, uh, food and like Japanese culture and Memorial deals with those. Um, I, let's start with food. When did food become such a big part of your life? Mm. I think the food is a pretty big part of everyone. Yeah, life. but I mean, like, I'm not writing essays and, and creating eloquent dishes. On, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I would say yeah, there's, for, yeah, food is important. But for you, I feel like it's 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 more than like a necessity or an interest. It's like a it's a passion, and that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't have. Maybe I'm crazy. No, I don't think you are. No, that's fair. Um, for the latter, like I've been cooking since I was in middle school, um, largely because I, you know, both my parents worked. So if I wanted to eat after school, like I would have to cook and what I wanted to eat changed pretty radically over the course of middle school to high school to like university and so on. So I just got to spend more and more time cooking to try and do the thing. Um, and I was really fortunate that I lived in a neighborhood that, you know, while, the neighborhood itself was deeply white, like the street that I lived on, the street parallel to it. My parents' social revolutions were pretty diverse. So it wasn't strange or noteworthy to eat like Filipino food one night out of the week and then Japanese food another night out of the week and then uh, Iranian food and then, you know, Tex-Mex and, you know, to sort of move in these different cycles. Um, and I would argue that it's not particularly notable for many many houstonians it's just like a matter of living in this particular place and being privileged and privy to you know all of these different cultures but i didn't really think of myself as a food writer until i was told that i was a food writer um and i just thought it would be easier not to disagree but i was really 
fortunate in that like I worked with and work with like a number of editors who are receptive to the culinary culinary concerns that I had and that I have and more often than not I mean I don't think that or rather I do think that like you know I'm writing about food or writing about a particular cuisine but it's never ideally solely Mm -hmm. about food Mm -hmm. right like I think that's sort of what I use to get at questions of connection or the lack thereof or comfort or the lack thereof or pleasure intimacy or the sort of transactional nature of sharing a meal or having a meal made for you and food is one way to start that conversation Mm -hmm. right so in that regard it's a bit of a ruse and that you know you think you're going to read about um porridge but it's actually a narrative about the history of a people in a place and a time and the ways in which those particular people have negotiated their space Mm -hmm. right um for me right now um i've been really fortunate to work with outlets and to work with editors who are receptive to my trying to do that and trying to work the culinary end into you know my own personal thematic concerns or my own particular historical concerns Mm -hmm. but also like food is just really fun Mm -hmm. right about you know so so being able to have that sort of thing that is fun that you know i can rely on and i'm enjoying in the writing process i think that's not a small thing at all Yeah, and I'm I'm sure I'm sorry if you've been asked this so many times, but do do you see like a parallel or a connection between like the process of cooking and the process of writing? Mm, yeah, I see a pretty clear one. I mean, I think for me, you can get better at both, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and that means a lot in a lot of ways, right? Like they're both crafts that you can improve on, um, and both of those crafts are heavily reliant on, you know, your input, you know, like your personal work that you put into them. Right. And just talking about like the craft and the practice of it, not anything that occurs in the back end or, you know, reception or it being seen or anything, because that doesn't really have anything to do with me. I don't think. Um, but the actual, work of it i mean like if you make 92 pancakes your 93rd pancake is going to be a lot better than the first one that you made you know mm-hmm. in the same way that you know if you're writing the same scene and editing the same scene over the course of you know a year it's going to change right and those changes are going to be tangible right and that is a really special thing to have, you know, something that, you know, the more you do it, like you can see it change um, in your hands, actually like see it physically and thematically be altered. Uh, I think they're pretty similar in that regard. No, definitely. I feel, when I talked to you for a lot, um, I asked you like, what is one like culinary thing everyone should know? And you said, you, everyone should know how to cook rice. rice. Yep. Everyone should. <laughs> <Because it's true. laughs> 
<laughs> everyone should cook. And and during the quarantine, I definitely have cooked more. And then when I say cooked, I mean like put fish on a frying pan and then cooked rice in a pot. You're cooking. <laughs> I'm cooking. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I tell yeah, you, my okay. rice from March till now, like when the quarantine started, I have I think I've perfected it finally. <laughs> Yeah, it's changed out of necessity, right? Yeah. And that's like such a like a cool thing. Yeah, you know? like to, I don't know. I think just think it's really rad. I don't think that it's divorced from the writing process. Yeah, and um, but you're right. It's just it's, it's this idea, and and so you said like you the the process of writing or or like you know getting your coffee, sitting down in front of your computer, like it kind of like it's 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 a chore. It is cooking seems more of a, like not a chore. It's just something you love to do, and you probably. I mean, do you cook every every day? Most days, I do cook. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, most, most days I do cook. I mean, and I think that they're also a bit strange, or maybe not terribly strange at all, and that, like, if I weren't writing about cooking, like, I would still be cooking. <laughs> you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. I might be cooking even more intently um, in a lot of ways, and if I weren't monetizing you know the stories that i've been privileged to tell i would still be writing in some capacity Mm -hmm. right like they're both things that i mean writing is just sort of how i think about the world or how i'm able to organize my thoughts Mm -hmm. about one thing or another and while visibility has certainly had an effect on the amount of time that i get to spend writing which is like a privilege um it doesn't you know i would still be writing Mm-hmm. And then, and the other passion I would say, you know, I've noticed come up is like just like Japanese culture, Asian culture, um, especially with Memorial. It deals with you know the idea of home across continents, across countries. Um, when did when did that passion and that interest pop into your life? Mm, I think that. Well, I went to Osaka for the first time about five years ago, um, and it was just to visit a friend who had lived in my neighborhood and had, like grown up with, and it was a really warm experience and like a really generous experience. And folks are really warm and generous with their time, which I think is rare, regardless of where you experience it, if, you know, you're sort of fortunate enough to be able to experience that. And it was a warmth and generosity that was mirrored every time that I got to go back, because I got to go back, you know, once or twice a year for the past little while, because if you're leaving from Houston, you you can get quite a cheap ticket if you don't mind leaving, like at 2.34 in the morning, and then, you know, like an eight-day layover in Taipei, and, you know, if you're fine with that, then you you don't have to spend too, too much money. But that warmth and, you know, generosity I'd only experienced myself in Houston. And or rather to the extent that I've experienced it, I've only experienced it in Houston. Maybe Toronto too, but I haven't spent too too much time in Toronto. But Houston and Osaka, like they couldn't be more different cities in a lot of ways. And yet they were united by that warmth and that generosity. And that created a narrative for me in a lot of ways, right? Like how are these cities that are so different from one another simultaneously the same in this regard, right? 
mm-hmm. and like what constitutes a home going back to that sort of motif that i've had like is it you know a geographic point or like a place you're, you're told or like meant to be you know thinking of as home or is it like a feeling that you experience in a place like is it a warmth is it you know the generosity that you experience there so i hadn't read a text in contemporary american literary fiction that problematize that with those two particular cities the way that I wanted to see or the way that I wanted to read it so that was a large impetus for you know starting Memorial in a lot of ways of thinking of it as a project that maybe could be completed Mm -hmm. and so you know in April before the book came out and you were saying how like nine people would be interested in this Um, and now it's it's one of like the big titles of of you know, the fall of the end of 2020. Um, what it, like what has shocked you most about the reception and, like, what people are saying about Memorial? I mean, because you, this is a very private story, a very, like, just personal story you wanted to tell, and so many people mm-hmm. of, you know, across the country are connecting with it. What, what, what has shocked you about that, about what they have been saying? Mm. Well, I mean, deeply grateful for all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think if even one person you know, takes time to think that you're trying to do it, to some extent, like, even one person finding something in it, you know, is pretty shocking, right? Because, like, who could plan for that? And, like, who could, you know, intend for that to happen? Um, I do think that the scope is shocking, right? Because it's a book that really doesn't answer very many questions, okay? Like, a number of questions arise, but as far as, like, answers are concerned, there aren't very many. Um, There certainly aren't very many were intended, and it isn't really a book that's meant to teach you something, right? Like, I didn't write it to educate anyone about any particular thing or not. But... To hear folks say that they read it and it made them think about a loved one or made them think about a relationship or made them think about a place or think about a time. That is, you know, it's like really shocking, but not unpleasant at all. You know, it's like really lovely. I mean, I maintain pretty firmly that the version of the book that leaves your hand is very different from the one that you know is yours as the author right like the iteration memorial that you know you adam read like that's yours Mm -hmm. right so to some extent it's really none of my business what you derive from it um so to have there be middle ground and for there to be connection i mean that's just like a really lovely thing and i'm assuming you have like you 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 are just churning out you know essays articles where do you where do you want your writing to go not necessarily like yeah like just where do you want it to go Mm, that's a really good question i mean at this point i'm starting to see motifs 
right? Like these questions of home, these questions of found families, questions of community, and the different forms community can take. I think that I've been really fortunate to write for people in places that have been receptive to my just like writing what I'm interested in. And I think that an overarching motif that I would, I've been really fortunate to have and that I would like to continue to have is that I continue following my interests, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, not writing out of a sense of obligation so much as simply, you know, following my interests, I think, is something that I would like to continue to hold true. Yeah, and, and that's what, that's what, like, once, I mean, I think I saw, like, Memorial, I, I think I talked to you about it, that you were coming out with something back in Phoenix when you did a reading at Changing Hands, and I was like, oh, cool, I'll keep that in my memory, like, I, I can't wait for this to come out, and then, like, I saw it popping up on Instagram, and I was just, like, hounded people for it, I was like, hey, um, Ashley Garland, the publicist, I was like, hey, can you send this to me, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, and... <laughs> And she did, and I like took it to Maine with me. I um, I risked going to Maine over the summer just because I haven't seen my dad like in four, four years, and I was like, I'm gonna do it uh, because like nobody knows what's going on with like yeah. this pandemic. And then I read it in a cabin on a on a lake, and I was like, this is just perfect, so, you know. Like, um, so like I think like your writing, it, what I'm getting at is just me fanboying over your writing, but just like I I look forward to your name next to a title whenever whatever it is so like i I think there's a lot of people out there like that so i don't think i think when your next book comes out more than nine people are going to read it (laughs) well you know i mean that's such a kind thing for you to say and you know that's i don't know it's just like a really special thing and it's a gift yeah and and I, yeah. and I also just want to, because I don't think I did, you know, after I saw you at Changing Hands, I think I've talked to so many people about just seeing you read is such a treat as well. And um, this is just the compliment portion of our interview. Um, <laughs> but but um, just what I'm getting at is, like, I feel like for people who haven't seen you read and who are still you know, listening to this, I hope they get a chance to hear you read and, and go to your events online or in person when we're back in person. Because like, even talking to you now, it's, I feel it's different than a lot of writers I've talked to. Cause it's like, you're just like, whatever, man, let's make an omelet and talk about rice or, you know, it, it, it feels, you, you feel wholly unique and sincere every word you say and write. Uh, I can only thank you for that. It's a lot of <laughs> So, yeah, and so I'll start complimenting you and ask you a question again. Um, (laughs) Just wrapping up, because, you know, I know you're a busy person. You're doing, like, a whole press day. Um, What books, what what TV shows, what recipes, what what excites you right now? What what have you been vibing with? Mm, There's a novel that's coming out in a few weeks called Nights When Nothing Happened by Simon Hahn. That is so good. Uh, it's his first novel. It's really good. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really, oh yeah, great, great, great. Yeah, it's really lovely. Um, there's a novel by Helena Yemi called Pieces that'll be out next year, um, that I'm excited for more folks to read, uh, so that we can all talk about it. It's just like really great. Um, I reread Samantha Irby's Wow, No Thank You pretty recently. Um, I also read 
uh, Transcendent Kingdom by uh, Jesse, like everyone else, and I really adored it. Um, been cooking a lot of tomato and egg rice because it's like really simple, but again, it's like another thing like you can just get better at and like keep making variations too. So trying to keep finding stuff that you know you can keep working on and then changing as you see fit to fit, you know, however you're feeling on a particular day, like whatever context you're in at a given point in time. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to try that. I've I've mastered white rice, so now I think I could step up my You're ready to add tomato and egg. I think so. I think that's what's next. (laughs) Cool. Well, Brian, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Um, There's so much more I could compliment you on and ask you about, but Uh, I I want to just keep this light and airy considering we're on the third day of an election that's going to change America. Um, So thank you so much. Um, I'm going to go look up tomato and egg rice recipes and yeah that's what i'm gonna try tonight so thank you so much for that thank you so much to brian washington for coming on the podcast to talk about memorial cooking and just life in general it's always a pleasure to talk to him and when i awkwardly complimented him about how he reads um i sincerely meant it. he's probably one of the best readers i've seen and i've been to so many different author events and he just can grab you with with a pause and it's beautiful um if you're listening to this before november 27th 2020 please go to instagram and find the post where i'm giving away a three-month libro fm membership it is the best and most awesome audiobook app out there because it gives back to indie bookstores you can find Brian Washington on Twitter at Bry Washing. That's his name without the last syllables in the first and last name. Uh, Day Beautiful is at Day Beautiful on all social medias. The website's daybeautiful.net. Thank you to Rocky Collin, my friend back in Phoenix, who is amazing. And she has let me use her music on this podcast for free um, ever since I started the podcast. So thank you to her. And thank you to everyone. I'm just rambling. I, I didn't really plan anything. I just, I thank you so much. Um, if you're still listening to this, thank you for listening to me ramble. I'm Adam. This is Day Beautiful. And you're all beautiful. You left me hanging dry.